everybody. Listen, and I mean, I'm not even, I don't want to exclude even one person out there in the world right now. I want everybody to come and listen to this podcast because, again, this is series two. This is our second interview with another Prince fan. We want to celebrate not only Prince, but his amazing fans, right? And and this is a guy who I saw on a, a Facebook page posting some material, and his questions were so on point and so interesting, and we started engaging with, with each other, and we were lucky enough to get him to listen to the pod, and he's been listening, and he's been exchanging, like engaging with us. And guys, please welcome Joe Oliver. Joe, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and by the way, I'm Ed from Windows Podcast, by the way, just, just because I didn't say that up front. Uh, unfortunately, Jared can't be with us tonight or today. Um, but Joe, so great to have you here. Um, Joe, where are you from? Where are we talking to you from? You're on Zoom with us right now. Where, where, where are you from? I'm in Silver Spring, Maryland. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, though. But, oh, um, a PA guy. Where are you? Where in PA? I'm in a small town, Uniontown, Pennsylvania, Where's close Uniontown? to southwestern Pennsylvania. Okay, Pittsburgh side down that way. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I'm actually in Harrisburg, actually, right now, but okay. lived in Philly for 20 plus years. Just moved here a little while ago. Jared's still in Philly, though, himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm retired military and. Retired in, at Andrews Air Force Base in Maryland and called Maryland home. Very cool. Very cool. Nothing but love for Maryland. Nothing but love for our, our vets and uh, the military. So awesome. So, Joe, we, we got to ask. We always have to ask. You know, we're, we're, we're joining here together because of our our shared love of this guy, Prince, and his music and everything about the guy. So I'm always interested in hearing when was your first uh, like awareness or first exposure to him as an artist, as a musician? I, I know we all have cool exposures, that first contact. But mine <laughs> was really cool because I had an older brother who would just buy albums based on the album cover. Okay. And I don't know what made him buy the Prince album. There was nothing exciting about that very first For You album. Mm-hmm. But um, I was dating myself. But I, I'm, I was younger and wasn't allowed to touch the turntable. So I had to wait for an older sibling to put the, the album well, there's, on. There's a needle on that, Joe. You got to <laughs> be careful. <laughs> it's going to cut me. <laughs> um, but when I heard from here in the first cut for you, I just thought it was great. And every song on it, I loved. So wow. I, I'm, I'm just one of those people that from the very start of it, I was just intrigued by him. I, I didn't see him as a, I knew that they were saying they were billing him as a Stevie Wonder kind of but I just thought it was unique to hear somebody sing in falsetto like he did and still be able to, you know, play in all the instruments and all that. So that was my intro. And I always had a family member buying an album of his right up until uh, 1999. 1999 was my first uh, album I purchased myself. So That's amazing because it's rare to hear. I've not met another fan who like was introduced at the For You album. You're the first one oh. I've met who like. I'm the first actually- old one interview no I, no I think we're probably not that, <laughs> that different in age actually but um it's amazing because most you know most everyone you hear like they they have an introduction like mine was really 1999 but Pre- proper rain of course like with most people w- was the one and I went back then started buying like all the other albums prior okay. you're one of those rare rarities where you heard for you when for you was out now I'm yeah. I'm curious like what were you listening to be, besides Prince? Like, did Prince like tilt your world, or was it just kind of in, in grooving with what you also were listening to at the time? It's so funny because we were my family was really an R and B family, so 
we were listening to Teddy Pendergrass, mm. uh, Cameo, all those R&B groups. Um, so it's funny because the For You album what caught my attention was most of the other songs on it. Besides Soft and Wet, there, there weren't a whole lot of real funky songs. There were right. some disco-ish songs and, and some ballads, but not the... Uh, he wasn't doing cameo stuff, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't funk. Doing, no, it wasn't right. like a funk album. No, uh-uh. but I liked it because it was there was a variety on the album, so I thought that was really cool and um, just just really loved everything about what he was playing. So I was kind of curious where he was going to go from there, and had no idea. I mean, from that set, second album on, I, I heard you guys say it on the podcast. Who would think that that first album would spawn that dirty mind or? Oh. or Absolutely. And yeah, you know, yeah. it's fun. I love the way you described the for you content because I never really thought of it that way. Like he, besides him just showing off his musicianship, it was a buffet, right? He kind of like said, here's a bunch of different things I can do, which I love what it, how you received it. You were like, man, he can do so many different things. I'm curious where he's going to go. Right. You know? Right. That's kind of cool. Um, and your favorite track, what was your favorite track on that for you album? Do you remember? You know what? For the longest time, it was soft and wet, but I I, I like for you. There's, yeah. there's just something about the the vocals on that and the way it is, and I like it because that was the first song I heard from him. You know, we yeah. had I hadn't heard soft and wet on the radio. I heard you know later people were saying it was played, but I, the first song I heard from him where I remember hearing was for you. So to think that's his introduction, saying all of this is for you, I kind of look at that as the you know the intro to Prince, um, yeah. and so ever make it when I used to make mixtapes way back in the day. Yeah, well, um, I remember those. Yep. If it was Prince, it, it would start with For You, and then I'd follow a whole bunch of other That's stuff. That's so out. cool. So every time you would make a Prince mixtape, like in that era, you would always start with the For You song? Yeah, there were probably a b- bunch of people erasing that first minute or so of... <laughs> but oh, I love the song. Were you, okay, so here, I, I, you're asking, uh, were you an evangelist? Were you, were, you, were you throwing out tapes to friends with mixed Prince <laughs> stuff material on it? <laughs> I was I was a promoter and I didn't even know that I, <laughs> I love I, it. Owes me some money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They, they owe you something for that, right? <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I've always said, listen, with my purchases of Prince material, he I at least bought him a car. Like like I had to buy him with all the albums and everything else I bought of his, like movies, whatever. Did you find this to be the case? I'm curious because it sounds like you and I are similar in this uh, being like sort of evangelist of his stuff. Did you find yourself like? Like I always found myself doing this. I'd f- have a friend, and usually my friends who I rolled with in the 80s, they kind of like, there was a distance between Prince. They didn't, they felt, I think this, um, because his image was so strong, um, you know, the way he presented himself visually was so strong. I think right. white dudes who were like of 18 were like, oh, he's too frilly for me, whatever. You know, I'm not, not sure if that was how, what they would sound like when they talked. <laughs> They'd be like, why, he's too frilly for me, whatever. But like, <laughs> I could find, I could list, I could find like, okay, my friend so-and-so really likes Led Zeppelin, for example. Well, guess what? I'm going to grab a guitar-oriented track, and I'm going to sit them down and say, listen to Prince play the guitar solo on I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man. Like, yes, did you find yes. those opportunities to kind of like put a seed in people's head and do that? I did. It's so funny because when I first, I was active duty Air Force for 21 years, so when I first went in, it was a guy I used to hang out with all the time who uh, he said, I don't like Prince. There's just something about him I don't like. And so whenever he would come over to my dorm room and hang out, um, I would always try to find a way to sneak something in that I thought he would like. Once I found out what he liked, you know, the exact type of R&B he liked, I'd try to play a track 
And he said, you're trying to get me to like that, Prince, but I don't like that. That song's okay, but I still don't like him. And then, you know, right. he'd go on. Uh, keep, yeah, then, finally he bought his first Prince album. I love that because that's so similar. Like, you would you would, you would, would feel the line moving, right? You'd be like, yes. I don't know. I mean, that song's okay, but I don't know if I like him. And then, like, <laughs> like next time you talk to him, like, all right, you know what? That song's grown on me a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I guess he's a good guitar player. I don't know about his other stuff, but then they right. end up buying a, a Prince album. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. That's so funny. I love that. Well, <laughs> you mentioned that. Okay, so you got you started listening in for you. You were lucky enough to have a, an older brother or whoever buying like his material when it came out. Now, yes. nineteen ninety nine, you said it was the first one you actually threw your money down for, right? Uh, yes, yes. So was was that the one that you were locked in, or was it like was it even before that you were like I'm gonna just buy everything this guy puts out at this point? It it was before then. I, that Prince album that. I, it was such such a change from "For You," which I loved "For You." Yeah, but but to hear songs, uh, um, "I Want to Be Your Lover," I, I absolutely love. I know you guys kind of felt felt Bambi was forced rock. I think is what <laughs> <laughs> I might have. Yeah, I was a little crit- a little critical of his early guitar oriented songs. But, I, but I, I'm, I I was growing up in that era and that time frame when it was out, and I didn't know anything like that song. So it was kind of like. Okay, this is really cool. It's really rock, which I love guitar, but it's different. You're not going to find that from a whole lot of R&B artists. So I right. again, I embrace that. But um, still waiting is still one of my favorite songs on that album. Um, mm-hmm. So I loved everything on it. Um, and Dirty Mind probably is the one that sealed it for me and said, "I'm going to buy everything this guy puts out." Yeah, um, Dirty Mind was just. Well, we, in fact, that's the first podcast I listened to of you guys was the Dirty that's Mind. Right. Let me mention that to the listeners because yeah, that's how Joe and I met was because on a, a Facebook page, he had talked about the Dirty Mind album, and I gave him a little because we had had just released our episode about the Dirty Mind album, and I gave him a little tip, and he was very. I mean, you can speak for yourself, but I know you really liked that album, and and I certainly felt that was his big explosive mission statement that he was. Announcing to the world, listen, you better follow me, friends, because I'm going to go places with my music. Come along for the ride. That's kind of how I yeah. felt about it. Yeah. And, and it's so funny because I, my post was something about the album not getting the credit it's due. Uh, and nobody gives it the acclaim it's due. It's, you know, you need to listen to it. If you don't own it, you need to. And then yeah. you said, you might want to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> From the very start, you guys were talking about it. Like, I was like, oh, wait, somebody gets it like I do. And I know there are a bunch of people who do, but it was kind of nice because I feel like people, I love Purple Rain, but people go right to Purple Rain and that's yeah. all Prince did. But I really, I love Dirty Mind and, and I love every song on that very short album. It's an amazing album. I mean, obviously you and I agree on that and a lot of other people do. The critics loved it too. I mean, it was definitely a critical uh, marvel um, for at that time. And um, I mean, I, I kind of understand it's it's why people maybe don't because even myself, I don't go back and listen to it that often. Do you go? Do you go? You find yourself going back and listening to it a lot? I, I do. And I, I guess oh, the great. Reason, That's I'm, awesome. Got a Broken Heart Again is, is just oh. one of those songs that I, I don't know why. Um, it's just one of those songs that I just love the vocals. But I love the way he sings and I love the the guitar and the way his voice combines. There's just something about it. It's just like raw. And it, it I, is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talked about that. I know he purposely wanted to sound like a demo, like he really wanted that raw sound and it certainly accomplished it with the recording there. Um, But yeah, I'm with you. Like, I have such respect for that album. Yes. 
I, I just everything about that album. I, I rarely, if I'm going to listen to a, an album straight through, it's very rare that I will skip anything. But that's an album that I can sing along with every track on it, and and yeah. not miss a beat. Well, that's been hard for me. I think I even said that on that particular pod that it gets hard sometimes when I try to critically review the albums, go back and re-listen that. I find myself just getting into it, like bobbing and like, <laughs> like yeah, Do It All Night was the example on that album. That came on. I had to listen to that in the longest time. And I put that on as soon as that started with the keyboard. Doo, 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 I was like, oh, yeah, here it comes. Go, go. Like, I was just like so into it. Um, so, yeah, that that's a challenge for me as a big fan to go back and try to try to be objective to the listen it's always it's a challenge it's been a challenge for me for, for these <laughs> pods for sure um so i'm assuming you went back did you go back and end up buying those other albums before 1999 i i did I, I bought my own copies once i moved away from home and didn't have access to what the family owned i had yeah. to get my so i went back and, and purchased the others um it's so funny because 1999, I, I think at one point or another, I've had on album cassette and I got it on CD. So you yep. got every, every, he did, like you said, he earned a lot of money from, from, uh, <laughs> yeah, you funded some part of his life for sure. I know. Same with me. I had cassettes and then I had CDs. I didn't get vinyl. I only started buying vinyl recently. Um, okay. I, I, I got rainbow children on vinyl. I got, um, I think I got the kiss 12 inch. That's the thing I was excited about getting some 12 inches on vinyl. Right. I, I got them too. I um, love love those. Um, Let's pretend we're married is one of the twelve inches that I I I just love. But I, I like uh, erotic city. I like the B sides and stuff. So once I started discovering that those B sides are like there's so much that you miss if you don't get those. Well, let let me ask you that question. We haven't talked and we haven't reviewed them yet, but we will when we get to the the hits and B side okay. a, a, a compilation, which is like ninety three maybe ish i forget when it is or 94 um when were you first did you ever did you buy his singles or were you just buying albums what back in the 80s uh, no i was buying singles I, in fact we used to go to a place in philly i was stationed at dover air force base and philly wasn't that far yeah. so we would drive there to buy the the singles and i i would buy if i saw whatever it was that was out because they'd be playing at the club and it's like just show me what the cover looks like and then I could go grab it. That's so cool. Now I was lucky because in my high school years, I was part of the, uh, the, there was like a TV station in my school, whatever. And we used to DJ, we would DJ the school dances. Right. So the school would buy, we were able to just buy singles and that's how I first got exposed to his singles. I didn't have a record player at home actually. So they would get the singles, and then I don't even know what. Maybe because the word got out about Erotic City, because that became such a phenomenon uh, about that content. In fact, there's a funny story. There was a there was a Catholic high school near where I lived, and they had a jukebox in their cafeteria, and people would play Erotic City all the time until the nuns heard the content, and they were like, "Pull the plug, pull the plug, smash that thing up. That's gone." So you know that we had such a reputation, and then. I just made, I remember I made a mixtape. I got access to the TV studio. I said, I need to record every B-side we have. So I, that's how I got exposed to How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore. Oh my uh, God. Horny Toad, Erotic yes. City. She's always in my Met hair. Oh my God. Yeah. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so, there's, and that, it was like, there was, <laughs> the guy could do no wrong, especially in the 80s. Like for me, I was like, I listened to those B-sides and I'm like, these could be number, these could be top 10 hits. Yeah, why wasn't this on the album? Why wasn't <laughs> absolutely? I don't, I don't want to re redesign his albums or anything, but I'm just saying you could have easily squeezed another song on there. And, and uh, yep. yeah, yeah, 
feel that way about erotic city is great no absolutely absolutely um now did you have a chance joe to see him did you get to see him in concert i did saw him six times my wife had seen him seven times and she used to flaunt that all the time <clears throat> she had seen him she saw him before me and she saw him once more than I did. So um, she, but yeah, she, she, she kind of hang that over your head that she saw him yeah. one more time. <laughs> and she would say that after we leave the show. Aren't you glad you got to see him again? Because I got to see him one more time than you. So, <laughs> <laughs> Is there a concert that sticks out in your mind as one that you're like, man, that was the kind of the best of, of his live shows that I got to see? I, I, I want to say every show I got to see. Well, 1999 was the first show i saw oh wow and you saw him was in pittsburgh or where were you yeah it was in pittsburgh civic arena in pittsburgh yeah um awesome show i remember have needing to go to the bathroom but i couldn't leave (laughs) he was going to do something or sing something that i really wanted to hear so i squirmed around and enjoyed that entire concert (laughs) but but um we saw him here at the warner theater in dc wait joe joe i gotta tell you something I think you and I went to the same concert. So I saw him in DC. It was the one night alone. It was Rainbow Children material, yes. Larry Graham, right? Yes. You, by the way, you didn't happen to be part of the, there was like MPG Music Club at the time. You could get early tickets and hear a sound check. I, I was part of it. No, we didn't do the sound check. Don't tell me it was fantastic. Tell me it was really crappy. It was awful. I mean, he was, it was just him in the band talking to us. It sucked. Why would you want to see Prince with just 30 people like, at three o'clock in the afternoon before the show? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did get a hug from Larry Graham at the end of the show uh, or towards the end of the show. Cause Prince was up there by himself for a while with the audience participate. We did a great, if you, that was the same show. We did a great job as an audience. He was impressed with us singing the songs. Yeah, um, yeah. But the band came off stage, and Larry Graham, I was on an NC, um, came past, and I got a hug from him. That so is very I, cool. I tell everybody that. That's as close as I get to Prince. So six times you got to see him. That's that's awesome. Um, it was is. The, was the was the um, was the show we talked about? Was that the last time you got to see? That him was the last. Time. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Hey, let's let's go back to the '80s for a little bit, since we're kind of doing that retrospective of the '80s anyway. So you you were able to listen to most of the pods, I guess. So yeah. yes. you did mention that you know you start. We started talking about the first couple albums. Were there any like when you listened? Were there any big moments when you're like, oh, I don't agree with so and so or this and that? Because I because <laughs> obviously this is all opinion. It's all fun. It's all good. But I'm just curious. If there's any time you were just like, oh, I don't agree with these guys. What are they talking about? No, I liked a lot of the '80s stuff, especially. I like a lot of. I, you guys, I thought you guys were harsh on for you. You gave it credit for the song for you, but it was like, oh, this is kind of, you know. Yeah, we were. <laughs> but I understand that because I was, like I said, I was living through it. So we were playing the album as it came out. And it, I guess because it was, it was fresh to us. It was like something new, something different. Um, yep. We Those songs are kind of endearing to us. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I love every song on that album too. Um but no, I, I like your critique of, uh, that's. I guess that's what I like. I, I was saying I want to disagree because that's the kind of person I am. I want to find something that they're not saying. But a lot of the albums, uh, like when you guys would talk about uh, songs on uh, Purple Rain, you guys did an excellent analysis of, I think. Um, oh, like Great Down It. Every song on it, I liked what you guys were saying, especially some of the stuff I didn't know about Apollonia that were, 
you know, like how she came into the picture and what they were doing to try to get her voice. Yeah. You know, get yeah. Her where it was. Um, trying to think about, oh, I know what it was. Um, 1999. Oh. I, you, you guys really went deep on that album. I, I love it. It's definitely one of my favorites, but I know um, Lady Cab Driver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that song. Um, it, and it is, it does have some dark to it. And it's a little, little violent, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's an endlessly, like I said, I'm just kind of repeat myself. It's an endlessly fascinating song to me. And I remember loving Lady Cab Driver because it's such a funky beat. That beat is insane, right? Like, and it's like, it's just so funky and that rhythm guitar. But when you really listen to it critically and and go through that whole section with the, where he's having sex with the woman and then. Yeah, this is for. Yeah, it's sort of like, whoa, you're kind of like. Um, I remember thinking, of course, I was all of, you know, I was in my teens uh, at the time it came out. So it was like, oh, what's this fascinating? Like, it's so dirty. I don't know. Like, you know, but you like, you know, now being much older, you look back and you're like, right. oh, that was really, what was he trying? That was the thing. Like, what was he trying to say? And I think that's the genius of Prince. I don't know what he was trying to say because he was saying so many different things in that one section. Yes, like, I, I, I agree. I agree. And I, I guess I know at the time prior to purple rain i felt like i had prince to myself i felt like there were only eight or nine of us in the world that were listening to his music i know it was different but that's how i felt no it's After good, yeah prince, it was like everybody was a prince fan everybody loved him and i just was like wait you gotta go back and listen to his older stuff or you gotta listen to this song or you gotta do this so it was it's kind of nice hearing you guys go back through the songs um that that dirty mind podcast that that is I, I've turned people on to it with that one saying you need to listen to this because my whole family loves that album. So nice. my sister said, no, they did a good review of that album. Um, wow. Well, knew- we'll take that. We'll take that praise from your sister. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, You got all of her seal of approval. On it, so. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So that's a great, I love to talk further into the eighties with you because I, I hear you too about the purple rain thing, because he becomes almost ubiquitous at that point, right, Prince, in, in 84. And what did you think of his choices musically and where he went after Purple Rain? Because I think I put a lot of thought into how he strategized his career after that huge success. Yeah. What do you think about where he went after that point? I At first, I was I questioned hearing, um, I'm trying to think of what we heard, we heard Raspberry Beret. Um, yeah. And I liked the song, of course, it's Prince, so I was liking the song, but I was like, this is really different than that Purple Rain album. I was wondering how the rest of it was going to be. It's a favorite album of mine. Um, It's just one of those that it's different enough. I'm glad he didn't try to recreate Mm -hmm. Purple Rain. I I thought he would do something more popular, something that would have a lot more uh, appeal to that fan base that he had built, but I'm glad he didn't. I was Maybe I didn't know it at the time that he was putting the albums out, but I really liked the direction he was going with things because there aren't, to me, there aren't two Prince albums that sound the same. There, there may be songs that are similar. Yeah. Um, but but the album-wise, he just seemed to go different directions with things, and I, I like that. 
No, I agree um, with you, especially in the 80s. The sound would change so drastically between album to album. And you and I were talking before we started recording this pod about I had I had taken the bold step of, of, of posting in a, on a Facebook page for Prince saying, hey, what if we swapped out the B-sides from around the world in the day era and threw them in the album? Wouldn't it, would it have sold more? And people went crazy. <laughs> they, they were like, how dare you? How dare you? But I'm with you. I, I did say on the pod, I think I, this is where the idea popped about the B-sides maybe being on the album that it definitely, in my opinion, I opinion, there's no doubt it would have sold better if you put She's Always In My Hair, Girl, uh, and and maybe Hello even on that album. Yeah. But I'm so glad he didn't do that. Like, I, I I admire, I like my Prince a little crazy, a little weird, right? You know, like a little strange. And like songs like The yes. Ladder, Temptation, Tambourine. Like you and I, I think uh, both love tambourine. Where I'm a huge we, fan we of did. tambourine. I was thinking yeah. I need to see an extended version of tambourine. Oh. I, I I love the vocals on, and I, just the the beat of it is so cool. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. And then did you just carry that float that through for the rest of the '80s, like parade along I, the way? You're just like I'm. I all, I'm yeah, I did. And you know, I'm not a. I know this is probably going to get me in trouble for saying this, but I, I'm not a big fan of Under the Cherry Moon, the the movie. Mm-hmm. But I think that album, like, there's, again, one of those that every song, it's hard for me to skip a song on it because I can follow everything, like, straight through, follow the songs, follow the music, love the vocals on it. So I don't, I've seen the movie twice, and I'm good, but I play the album all the time. So, yeah, how did you feel about, like, we when we, I think I posted, too, like, we got to the, like, you get the Black Album, Love Sexy, and that mm-hmm. kind of, that's kind of a fork in the road for Prince. And what right. do you think about that option, that choice he made there? I, you know, I'm not a big fan of, gosh, I gotta stop saying this. I am a fan of Prince, but I don't think the Black Album was a strong album. It was just the album that was hard to find, mm-hmm. which I have an interesting story of how I got my copy, but uh, oh. probably probably shouldn't tell it but <laughs> oh no you got now i think you have to now what what's the story what'd you do did you um, did you did you do some military action to get did I, I did a yeah a, a covert <laughs> mission <laughs> um, somebody they they hired me to dj a party they were having at the hilton in texas where i was stationed yeah and uh i had my own albums and had some stuff but they said feel free to use ours too so i'm looking through and then i see this cover where it's wow. just completely black no, just that way. I mean, it was it was meant to be. I think I was meant to take wow. it. Um, so <laughs> I'm looking through and I grab it and I try. It's a little dark and I'm holding it up, trying to angle it. And it's like, oh, that's Prince. Oh my gosh, this is the. And I look and there's this little sticker in the corner that. So it wasn't one like the, like an original pressing or anything. Right. But it was a copy which I didn't even have and it hadn't been out on CD at that time either. So I'm just like. This might make its way into my pile. Oopsies. It might not, but it might. <laughs> yeah. Oopsies. No, I hear that. That's amazing. Yeah, it was that's fate. That's fate lending a hand there. Yeah, there's some there was something about having that that was it felt kind of interesting. Like you're like, wow, this is so cool to have. But I agree with you too. I think as much as again, that would have probably um settled or satisfied my urge to have him release another party album, right? Because right. that was really what that was. The love sexy stuff. I found of all the albums I'd say we went back and listened to again that I listened to again for the podcast, Love Sexy was the one that I found myself this sort of 
joy of listening through that album that I, that just kind of surprised me. I wasn't expecting to feel so much lightness in listening to it and joy, which is certainly, I would think, what Prince was shooting for. That's why he chose that album versus the Black album. Yes, yes. And, and Anastasia, Anastasia oh. is one of the songs that... <laughs> well, to me, and maybe we can ask you this, or I can ask you this question, of all the stuff, because there's so many singles you could say he should have released, that song should have been released from that album. Period. I agree. I agree. You, just, again, listen to the podcast and you guys saying, how come this song wasn't, you know, who who is, who's picking these songs out? And I don't know that Prince was picking them. They might, maybe the A&R person heard something and said, right. no, that's, that's what we're going to go with. But it's, it, I, I could go on each album and find something that I, I think should have been, or could have, would have been a single that would have done well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really cool. And let's finish this arc off since we almost danced through the whole 80s now. What'd you think about Batman? Loved it. Oh, you and Jared are best friends. Absolutely loved every song on it. Wow, um, Joe. Not, 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 not every song. Arms of Orion, uh, Joe? Joe? Yeah, that's the one. Be honest, the, it's, it, it's, it's weak. Um, <laughs> it, 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 is, it is not the worst song, but it, it's, not, it's definitely not the best. If they had taken that off, I would have given the album probably a, a five. Wow. Now, Graffiti <laughs> Bridge felt like, I think when we reviewed it, it's probably was the one that got, if I'm trying to think through our pods, controversy, we kind of were like, eh, it feels like maybe it wasn't quite a lift up from Dirty Mind. It feels like maybe, right. it was a little, you know, but Graffiti Bridge, I was kind of surprised Um because I remember loving that album to death when it came out. I played it nonstop in 90 when it came out. But going back and listening to it, I was a little less excited about it for some reason on the listen. And I don't know, what, what was, what's, your, what's your feelings around that particular album? I can, I can appreciate it for the album it is. But when I buy a Prince album, I want to hear Prince. So yeah. it was a little challenging for me hearing, you know, Tevin Campbell. And, and as much as I... I might love uh, Mavis Staples and, and uh, everyone else. I, I want to hear Prince's voice more. So I, I, it would have been nice, but the album again is better than the movie. So well, I, 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 I don't I, know if that's saying much, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, accept, I accept the album. <laughs> no, it's it all good. Well, Joe, let me do this. We've walked through the eighties material. So now it's time to put you on the hot seat. So let's just focus on, and we'll give you for you up through D- graffiti bridge. We'll include okay. uh, those albums. Your top, let's do top five Prince albums of that period in your mind. Top five. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dirty Mind would probably be one for me. Probably the Prince album. Um, I really like Controversy. Uh, the only thing I don't like is Ronnie Talk to Russia. So I can, I, I like everything else on it a lot. For You is always going to be there because that was my intro. You only have one selection left, Joe. What are you going to pick for the fifth album? You haven't, you haven't even mentioned Purple Rain, Sign of the Times, I, <laughs> any I, of those. I have a, and I've got, a, I was just going to, I got the box of Sign of the Times, so Sign of the Times would probably be it. Um, okay. But I, I, I have that, like we were talking about that, not love, hate, but that thing with Purple Rain, just because now I had to share prints. So I, it's no, probably I, my least played album. That's, I think that's really interesting. And I, I, but I totally respect your take on it because yeah, when you, especially when you were there at the very beginning, which right. I love that you were there at the very beginning. So I could see where you're like, this is the secret artist. I was, I, I was in the door first with this guy. 
I want to follow him through. And then all of a sudden he becomes so popular. Like, oh, well, okay. yeah, I'm holding the album and saying, stay back, everybody stay back. Yeah. Yeah. This is my guy. Right. So no, I totally get that. I totally get that. No, I yeah. totally get that. Okay. So that's your top five albums. Give me your top five uh, tracks of his from that same period. Like your top five Ooh. single tracks. Okay. Sign of the times will probably occupy quite a few of those. Cause I, I like the popular stuff, but I also like uh, Starfish and Coffee. Mm. I don't know what it is about it. It's so simplistic. Um, everybody loves Adore. So Adore is like a, yeah. a classic. Yeah. Um, I mentioned before um, for you. Yep. Definitely one of those. Got a broken heart again. Like Girls and Boys uh, a lot. That's awesome. Those are great One picks. Those awesome songs. And like I've always said, that you, you can't go wrong with these choices ever. Yeah. There's not really. You're, you're right. And, and if I had. If I got another one squeezed in, Tambourine would definitely be just one right. of those. We'll, um, we'll put Tambourine as the B-side, the girls and boys. We'll sneak it in there. <laughs> um, so this is this is always the, tr the challenge. If you could only choose one, though, of those songs, you you, you were forced to only, you're going to be isolated somewhere. They said you can only pick one song to take with you. Which one would wow. you take? It'd be Adore. Adore. Yeah. 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 I, and, it, and it's just so, it is so funky for a, a, a ballad kind of song. Um, yeah, I, I like especially maybe not to ride that that's like <laughs> you can burn up my clothes, smash up my ride. Oh, so, yeah, maybe not to ride. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so good. It's so good. Good choices, Joe. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. <laughs> Joe, I could talk to you forever. Honestly, I just love chatting with you. Uh, thanks for being on the pod. Do this favor for me. Would you come back if we if when we get through the 90s material, want to come back and we'll check in? And talk oh, about I, the '90s together. I definitely would. If you guys will have me back, you guys may review this and say, hey, "No, no, no, you're you're definitely back. You're shooing. You're shooing to be back. You're shooing to be back." So no, uh, this is fun. Awesome. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to the pod. Thanks for getting your family to listen to the pod. Feel free to tell the whole military establishment to listen to the pod. Go for it. Let them know we're all about it. Um, and thanks, as always, for listening to Windows Podcast. We appreciate having you on, Joe. Definitely. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. Take it up a man. I'm a man of exquisite. I'm a man of exquisite. I'm a man of exquisite.